Welcome to another episode of African Couch Potato, the mashup with your host, Gina Shedila. Today, I'm not alone. I've got an in-studio guest and her name is Amu Hela, but she goes by Amu Helang without a surname, just like Madonna. Hello, Amu. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Talk us through your name. It was branding. It was for branding purposes. And also, when I was in high school, a lot of my teachers used to used to botch my surname. Mm-hmm. So it started to annoy me. And also, like the second part of my name is Helang. And Helang is like a city expression, like surprise, whatever. So I was like, just branded. Because like, I'm a huge surprise. What is your surname? Hlakotza. Amu Helang. So today, <laughs> basically, what we're going to be doing is shifting things up, mashing things up a bit differently. So everything is going to be about Amu Helang. We're going to have her top five. We're going to have a review either of a film that she's done. And if she hasn't done her homework, I'll take over. And then lastly, she'll tell us about her favorite movie of all time. Are you ready? I am here. You're not feeling shy? Anxious. It's good enough. Let's get straight into the top five. Amu, what is your top five? My top five, guys, I couldn't narrow it down. I even had to call a friend of mine just so she can remind me of things that I may have forgotten about. So I have a bunch of things that I've listed. And then, you know, I'm a very instinctual person. So as and when I feel the need to pick one from my list, I'll say it. But the first one on my list, obviously, because it's recent and it's still, I think it got Emmy nominated, is Succession. Thing was absolutely brilliant. I was obsessed with Obsession, still am. Um, just like the scripting, how it was shot, the storyline was absolutely amazing. I loved it. Um, so just after Succession, I do have Avatar. Avatar is a non-negotiable. I absolutely loved Avatar. I'm a big fan of like human story. And it actually took me a while to recognize what the metaphorical sort of narrative was in the movie. And as soon as I got it, I couldn't stop watching. Um, so Avatar 1 and 2. Okay, so now you've got three options where they either have to be like really nice movies or pro black. Because also, I know people can't see this, but you walked in here looking like half of Wakanda. You've got like a black beret on, it's like Black Panther all over again. Then you say Avatar. There were so many things that I considered coming into this place. I thought about how I dressed, I thought about the movies that I picked. And um, literally, as I spoke to my friend, I was like, I need to have black options otherwise I just seem like that girl mm-hmm. um, so I'm going to skip right along also I'm not understanding the shade that... no no there's no shade you can skip you're like shading but if there was shade it would be very dark <laughs> okay um, oof, oh my god I have to perform okay I really like She's Gotta Have It Yes, yes, uh, that's the reboot, a good one. Yeah. Uh, Spike Lee's one. I think it was on Netflix for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always looking for ways to just see how like black women navigate the world. Yeah. And I found a lot of that in watching series. She's got to have it, Sex in the City, um, etc. Speaking et about Sex in the City, how do you feel about um, the openness of on-screen sex these days? Like people being less shy to show boobies, to have almost full-on sex scenes. Does it irritate you? Not so much. You don't care. It's still, it's it's always going to be uncomfortable to see. I mean, I love the agency around it and sort of the way that we've moved from hiding to where we are right now, but it's still very uncomfortable. I think there's a tasteful way that the this local production did it, the recent one, Fatal Seduction, mm-hmm. did it uh, very tastefully, but it was still like, oh my God. So I suppose it says something about our relationship to sex and intimacy, um, but it's just, it, it's a touch and go situation. How do you feel? 
I actually hate it. But it's fine because you're the guest here. With <laughs> Fatal Seduction also, I feel like they overdid it. Okay. And how I say they overdid it is because they had so many sex scenes that I feel were not warranted. Yeah. So it's okay to say, I want to bang that guy. Um, I want to give it up. We kind of get what you want yeah. or the intention of it. But to show us every single scene full on, I think it also takes away from the imagination. Right. I've heard from some of our female followers that it's better to read a book because mm-hmm. you can still imagine. And there's certain ways that you would have liked that sex scene to turn out as opposed to having been shoved down your throat. I'm so glad you're saying that because you just reminded me of something that I also recently saw on Apple TV. And it's very much just fully based on your imagination. So it's like a podcast, mm-hmm. but it's on, it's a TV show. It's called Calls. Okay. And um, it's basically just telephone calls between people. And then there's some supernatural occurrence that's happening in the background. But I, I watched it with my partner and I said to him, it's insane because everything that happened happened in our imagination. They didn't have to overfeed us or overstimulate us with like imagery. And we have to imagine a person floating. We did that for ourselves. So I totally get what you mean. So about it's audio. Yeah. There's no, there's no, no visuals. It's just the telephone lines. And yeah. then you just hear the conversation between. Like it's you, insane. You, you watch it on Apple TV. You watch it on Apple TV. So you just see like those those um signals. And you just listen to these people freaking out. It was a crazy story. But I only I only watched episode one mm. because it started to feel. Uh, you know, I, I got a little bit in my head about it. You know, because I was I imagined everything so vividly. Yeah. Um, but it's it's interesting. Please check it out. Calls. Yeah. Now that we've gotten your review out of the way, back to the list. <laughs> Number so four is? Um, oh my God. There's something else that I thought about as soon as you spoke about imagination. But I also remember something that I watched on Netflix. I'm so bad at this. I didn't do my homeworks. Okay, I'm going to go back to my list. Um, big fan of Waiting to Exhale. It's another extension. I'll tell you why. Mm. Don't hold that face. No, I'm listening. (laughs) Waiting to exhale only because of the soundtrack. Sometimes I feel like I will like a movie or I'll gravitate towards a movie because of the music and how the songs told the story more than the actual script or the plot. So I really love the soundtrack to Waiting to Exhale. I really love the soundtrack to Interstellar. Yes. Interstellar was brilliant. Mm -hmm. It's one of my all-time favorites that I watch over and over again. Um, but I suppose that gets me to five. You only have one worthy entry, and I think it's she's got to have it. That's not fair. Um, and the other one was waiting to exhale. That's with the lady with the great arms, Angela Bassett. You know, Angela Bassett. I don't know that she's got great arms. Like that. Angela Bassett is in it. Whitney Houston is yes. in it. Um, the other lady with the really um, cute voices in it. I, I just forgot their names, but it's a great movie. So. I want to go back to calls because um, now I'm intrigued. So what you're seeing on screen, and this is now maybe something we must leave for our review section, which is coming up next. So earlier on, you mentioned calls, which is on Apple TV, um, but it's just a dialogue between two people over a phone line. And all you're seeing is just like the signals or like the frequencies spiking and whatever. You don't actually see these people. You don't see the people. You don't see hands holding phones. Nothing. And it's 15 minutes. It's 15 minutes an episode. So the first episode was, you know, a guy and a girl almost breaking up. And then 
he calls his current girlfriend. They're in a long distance relationship. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, while you're watching it, actually, the reason why I watched it, I know I watched it because I wanted to try something new, but the reason I stuck around is because I thought eventually we'll get to see them. I thought, you know, it'll eventually illuminate into faces, but it didn't. So it's this guy and this girl who are in a long distance relationship. He was supposed to break up with her, but he didn't. Something happens with her where she sees some strange thing outside. Then his current girlfriend calls him and then it's it it gets so crazy but it it builds up to such an interesting little image thing that's happening how do they introduce the current girlfriend calling him is it like a a three-way call now or does he hang up no he hangs up because remember the current girlfriend who's in a different state says that she sees something outside and she's panicked yeah so i'm gonna get off the line I'll call you back in a moment. Okay. But remember, they were having a really tense conversation about why he wants to break up with her. Then he calls his current girlfriend and then she's like, no, you need to break up with her. You know what? That's another thing okay. that sort of kept me around because I'm like, okay, what's actually going to happen here? So the girl was just waiting for the boyfriend to end it with. Yes. Okay. Yes. And then she says to him, so they essentially work together. She says to him, as your boss or as your manager, I command you to break up with this girl. And then, you know, they hang up and then she goes back and calls the current girlfriend and he's like, dude, like, are you okay? And then that's turns into a whole thing because she's panicking and this this crazy creature that we eventually find out is not a human being mm-hmm. um, you know is coming closer to the house and is about to attack her then his current girlfriend calls him and she's like oh my god I was babysitting I lost the baby and then there's this really crazy moment it's insane and I hate that I'm giving away the entire plot but no, it's fine. there's a moment where so, she, so the current girlfriend was babysitting and then she calls him back and she says the baby's missing and then she says to him, I'll find the baby and I'll come over, right? And then he goes back to his, I might be mixing stories up, but he goes back to the, the lady he's supposed to break up with. And then a couple of minutes later, <laughs> he goes back to the current girlfriend and he says to her, no, I'm in the kitchen, I'm making tea. And she says, okay. And he's like, yeah, I'm coming back to bed now. And she's like, but I'm not in the bed. And he's like, what do you mean? There's a woman in my bed. Who is that? It's crazy. It's so crazy. And you're imagining this whole thing happening. Um, she's like, no, I'm not there though. What are you talking about? And he's mm. like, okay, so who, what is going on? Because there's a woman in my bed and I just made love to her. And she arrived at the time that you said you weren't going to get here. And then it turns into this whole like. Also, that's a red flag. If you're making love to somebody, you assume is your girlfriend. I mean, it's a body. What do you mean it's a body? <laughs> No. Surely you know what your partner feels like. I mean, that's what he's saying, though. And that's the thing. Because they are, there's, they're not overfeeding us with information. There are just, like, loopholes that we have to fill out for ourselves. So it's really just, like, you thinking maybe he's cheating. Yeah. But I'm thinking maybe it's an alien. Because the episode seems like it's, like, based on supernatural sort of occurrences. It ends with everybody just floating. Because the world is ending. Okay, let's do some paid promo that we're not going to get paid for. Apple TV, you subscribe to that. I am. (laughs) (laughs) And in rands, how much is it? I'm on a family plan. Okay. That sounds I think it's like about something you should have when you have a partner. Yeah. Great. Okay. Um, I'm very intrigued by this. That's why I keep coming back to it because I've never thought about just watching. It's almost like watching static. There's right. nothing that you're seeing. Can I tell you, mm-hmm. just on that note, after watching that, I was like, imagine if you put something like that in the theater. You know what I mean? Because I come from a theater background. Yes. And um, I directed a show once that I imagine at the time was... 
quite alternative to what th- what the theater landscape was. So it was mostly a physical theater piece. There was no script and it was just like sticks and bodies, right? And we were telling a story about identity. So when I watched Calls, it really inspired me because I thought, imagine if we completely removed the visual sort of story or the visual narrative and we just allowed for people to play with their imaginations and to listen, mm. you know, um, in my previous or in the previous podcast that I was on, I did speak about how listening is a lost art. And it's one of the reasons why I got into podcasting is because, you know, it's like listening is a thing. Um, so I thought, what if I put something like this in the theater? So because you go into the theater and you think, OK, we're just going to see, you know, a story about Sarafina or whatever the case may be. But like, imagine you walk into a theater and it's just audio. You know what I mean? I don't think it would work. I think it but would work. Now that you've successfully <laughs> hijacked um, the podcast, I don't even know what segment we're in now because you started with your top five. You went into a review. We're supposed to go to your favorite movie of all time and then I realized that we missed out on the introduction. Okay. So let's backtrack a bit. Um, you are on a podcast, but you're also a podcast producer. Yes. Holistically, what is it that Amo without a surname does? <laughs> Can you not? <laughs> Oh my God. Um, so I have my nine to five where I currently work as a social media manager for an NGO that's based in the Eastern Cape. So I work remotely. I also work as a podcast producer for an agriculture podcast. Uh, I've obviously done social media management. I've dabbled in acting. I've dabbled in radio. Um, but most people would just say I'm a creative. I would call myself dynamic. I'm also just at a point where I'm just using my skills to my advantage. I'm not necessarily at a point where I'm like fixing my resume and sending it out to companies. I think I'm just at a point where I'm like sort of building my own career and sort of curating a life for myself that speaks to who I am and what I enjoy doing. You mentioned listening as a lost art, Mm -hmm. right? When you watch movies, do you have that top of mind? Are you kind of like listening out to theme songs, I to am. compositions, to how people speak, if they're getting the accents right or not? I'm prone to that kind of thing. I won't lie. There was a time actually where I was comparing the pace at which South African actors speak and the pace at which Hollywood actors speak. It's What's the very difference? different. Um, South African actors tend to swallow their words. And I know this because there is no voice training on set. I'm not coming for the industry. I'm speaking of my experience. There's no voice training. This is sponsored by the (laughs) National. I'm joking. Carry on. (laughs) So there's no voice training on set. And so what happens is that they swallow their words. And half the time, I find myself gravitating towards subtitles more than listening to what they're saying because I cannot hear them for the life of me. In Hollywood... Um, I obviously haven't been to Hollywood, but I imagine that there's just a lot more sort of training and preparation that goes into series and movies where I feel like I can hear them better. The pace is better. There's a breathing, there's a tone, you know, and each scene sort of holds that uh, specifically to what the scene is trying to communicate. Whereas here we tend to plateau quite a bit. Mm. So I'm prone to, is prone to the right? I'm prone to like soundtracks. I love soundtracks. Yeah. Um, scripting is very important, but also I've just become aware of pace. Yeah. And I think we're just, it, it's, it's something that we've lost. I think that's the role of more of a casting director. I think what happens here is that there's a lot of typecasting that happens where people will write a role for you. So without picking on anyone, if you're looking for like, um, 
funny white man who likes being outdoors. You're going to mm-hmm. go for Leon Schuster. You understand? You're not going to go have like, you You can have open editions, but I'm always of the assumption that people already know what kind of person they want based on roles that they've previously played. Secondly, and I don't know if this is an industry thing, I don't want to call it a problem, but a challenge is a lot of the time when you have an industry like television, it is a lot. It's like a big beast that you have to feed. So you've got your telenovelas on TV, you've got your series, but then there's also gaps. So what happens between this series ending and another one? So you have to fill that up at a furious pace. Exactly. And you'll find actors sometimes working on two, three roles at a time. So you'll be watching Mubango and you see someone like Sparky's on, I don't know what it's called. The, isn't it a series on ETV? Yeah, it is a series. Is it on ETV? I'm not sure if it's on ETV, but it's on one of those yeah. channels, right? Yeah. Uh, and then he was also on The Estate, which was on S3. Is it? Yeah. Um, then he did an animation called Super Team 4, okay. where he was doing voice. And like you can basically find all of his work on the same day, um, like on different platforms. You understand? Um, so I can imagine his life on set is that he'll be shooting here for like two days, then he goes somewhere else for one day, then back there for right. two days. So is there an opportunity or it doesn't really leave much time to for you to of, actually yes. direct the cast and to do things like, in as much as we do have vocal trainers, but they're limited to VO. Okay. You understand if you like true. a voice talent. That's true. Whereas with acting, um, I know I'm all over the place, but just to summarize, Queenson, which yes. was like our big break into Netflix Africa. Thoughts? You had Queenson. Well, it did what it needed to do. And that was just open the industry in the sense that it was our first Netflix Africa production. Okay. My only requirements was you have to have somebody to pull off the role, right? Crawl so that other people can walk. Okay. So you have Pearl Tusi. Yes. Right? You're expecting her to be multilingual. You're expecting her to be a combat artist and fight. You're expecting her to have nice perky boobs while she has sex. And you're also expecting <laughs> her, <laughs> and also expecting her to act at the same time. Right, it's a lot. It is. It's it's really a lot. So I feel like, even though it wasn't the best storyline, it did what it needed to do. And sometimes you have to give some grace to that. So okay, fine. All Queenson was supposed to do was just open up so that we can have productions on Netflix. It's a good point. After that, Blood and Water came out, which was much better. Yeah. Did you um, like it? I did a lot. How to Run Christmas, I still like mm-hmm. um, all three of them. Mm-hmm. Then there was um, b- 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 Fatal Seduction. I hate with the passion. I have a question. What do you think of this idea that like South African films or television series are mostly around like crime and like, you know, hood life and thug life. Do you feel like we need to expand on our genres a little bit more? Do you feel like we're in a good place in terms of what kind of content we're producing? For me, it always goes to who's finding it. You know, like if you're going to look at Latino films, there'll always be a beautiful Filipino lady. There's always going to be a story of the madam of the house sleeping with Miguel, who's the pool boy. There always has to be some song, some dance. If you go to Brazil, it's either soccer so whoever finds your movie tends to dictate the audience for it. I feel like if we were funding our own movies, right. they'd be much more different. But if, for example, we have a European and they're coming here to film Shagazul, mm. what they're going to tell us is their interpretation of what the great warrior is like. Right. And that's why if you look at Shagazul, the first one with Henry Tzale, 
it's more historical, right? It says, this is where he was born. This is his mother. This is how the white people came. This is how they sold the nation for a mirror and hair dye. Right? Mm. If you look at Shaga Ilembe, mm. it's more of a celebration because Angus, Desiree Makraf, the people from Bomb Productions are so used to local television that even if it might be historically inaccurate, it's still mm. entertaining and it's about celebrating the man. And that's why I feel like this new age Shagazulu people were being overly harsh on because they were like really? saying, yeah, they were saying um, there's too many sex scenes, fine. Um, but then they were also saying it's historically inaccurate. Mm-hmm. They were saying that people didn't wear such regalia. Yeah, but, but don't you think there's a danger to that though? Not really because it's not positioned as a history book. You understand? The interpretation of Shaga Ilembe and it's in the, the byline or the description of whatever you're watching. Shaga Henry Trelawane says it's um, a biography of a great Zulu warrior. Right, okay. So it must come across as a biography right. because literally the guy was writing it down as he was experiencing Usha. Yeah. Whereas this one, um, Shaga Ilembe, is a story of greatness. Okay. So it already says to the audience that here we just want to be about flamboyance, greatness, how perfect this man was. Mm. It doesn't have to be a historical account. That's interesting because I've also just been like, and maybe it's because I've seen glimpses of Shaga Ilemba. I haven't watched the full thing, but I'm also just like interested in more joyful representations or depictions of black stories. You know what I mean? I don't feel, I feel like you have something to say, but I don't, (laughs) I don't necessarily feel like, and it's not just like for television and movies. I feel like even online, the narrative right now is very the algorithm is very sort of focused on negativity. And I say that tentatively, but I say it truthfully also. So I'm just sort of curious about like more joyful historical depictions of our people. Okay. I did say that you have hijacked the podcast. So now we can't be sticking to our normal format. I think what we're going to do is that we're going to hold it for now. Um, Thank you so much, guys, for listening. We're going to come back as a part two and we're going to continue with this conversation. Where can people find you on the socials? Yo, so Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. Um, Look out for my weekly articles on LinkedIn. Um, Amo Amplified on Instagram. Amo Helang on Facebook. Amo Helang Rakadi Cool on Twitter. And um, just Amuhelang on on LinkedIn. And that is a wrap for today. If you want to get in touch with us, you are more than welcome to go to Instagram at African Couch Potato. You can DM us. You can follow us. You can share the content that we are posting on there. And you can expect, as usual, new episodes every Monday of African Couch Potato, the mashup with me, Gino Shedile. And I'm going to close it right there. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let's bye for now. Thank you.